Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. of the biggest wins in regular season history for UCF. And now you've got Navy coming into the bounce house to hopefully not drop a game that you should win. Hello and welcome back to Charge On. As always, I'm your host, Sean Green. Rob, interesting week. It's an interesting next two weeks. Again, UCF beats Tulane. Huge win. I mean, again, we said it was the biggest game of the year besides Cincy, right? We beat Cincy. That was the biggest game of the year at the time. Tulane became the biggest game of the year. And then you beat Tulane and you say, okay, in terms of strength of schedule at the end of your season, you've got it pretty easy. Now, we'll go into why Navy is a tough challenge for UCF. They beat you last year, but... Everything is looking up for UCF, and it's looking like you're probably going to host a conference championship. It's looking like you're about to get these next two wins. Both are technically at home because USF is basically another home game, but it it is great to be a UCF fan right now. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It is great to be a UCF fan right now here, Sean. Uh, no, I think we talked about it when we were previewing the Tulane game. I mean, UCF is fully in control of their destiny right now. Uh, you win these two games, you're into the college, um, the college, you're into uh, the AAC championship, and you get to host it. So, I mean, right now you're in total control of your destiny. I, I don't want to, you know, diss on Navy at all. You know, absolutely, I think these next two games are winnable and should be winnable. Um, but, you know, Navy does present a slight problem that we'll get into. And I think even USF, even USF, you have to give them uh, somewhat of a nod to say, you know, they're not going to go down uh, without a fight against UCF just to just to give them a little bit of a jab. But right now, UCF is in total control of their destiny. And I'm here for it, man. I can't wait. I can't wait to see how the rest of the season unfolds and, you know, what happens, uh, you know, post the regular season here. It, it's going to be a roller coaster like it has been all year. But especially the next month or so will be a crazy roller coaster. But it's better to be where we are than many other teams in the college football landscape. So we're having a good time. Um, but first, before we go into Navy, uh, words from Bet Online, the sponsor of Charge On. Guys, basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. Guys, that's B L E A V to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. And yeah, guys, if you've been taking our picks, especially using bet online and betting the picks that we've been giving you with UCF, I mean, we've made you a lot of money this season. Um, it's funny because I was on BetQL Radio on Saturday. I'm previewing the UCF versus Tulane game. 
And Rob, it was interesting because a lot of the people that were coming on, betting experts that were saying, you know, when it came to that game, it was a toss-up game, right? It was, they were saying to take Tulane because it's a toss-up and you don't know what you're going to get. And in those games, usually just take the home favorite. And when I came on to BetQL Radio and thank them for having me on, uh, I said straight up, I think, and it's not just me being a homer, it was me just looking at the game and saying, listen, Tulane presents a lot of challenges. But number one, I think it's not any secret UCF is the better team. They're the best team in the American on paper, right? They've been playing better, beating a ranked Cincinnati team. And also, UCF fans traveled really well. So it wasn't like it was a pure home game for Tulane. Half half the stadium was UCF fans. Um, So as always... Thank you to Bet Online for their continued sponsorship, and we'll hopefully continue giving you good bets. And uh, we'll talk about our predictions and bets at the end of the game. But Rob, let's get into Navy. I mean, again, the the thought process now is UCF is on a roll. I mean, they are feeling themselves. They've kind of figured out their offensive identity. It's smash mouth, run the football, jet sweeps, RPOs, get defenses' eyes moving crazy into different places and catch them off guard, right? They were starting to do that at the beginning of the year. It was kind of a work in progress. Offensive line wasn't that great. JRP was still trying to figure things out. And ever since the ECU loss, it's almost like a flip switched with this team. Well, you beat Tulane. You're ranked. Everybody's got you positions to play in the Cotton Bowl. Everybody's saying, okay, UCF most likely is going to win, okay? But, listen... I'll give all the disrespect to USF. I mean, they're not good. <laughs> Most likely, again, it's a rivalry game, but the last they've won one game this year. They're garbage, okay? So last week of the season, we can party and have fun and not really worry about game planning. Hell, we might come on this podcast next week and literally just, just talk about nothing. I mean, we might just talk about our team. But Navy presents challenges, a lot of challenges, because listen, last year, UCF lost to Navy. Now, granted, again, there were multiple factors. UCF had a lot of injuries. I mean, they had lost a starting quarterback the week before that. Mikey Keene's first start was against Navy. It was on the road. Week four into the Gus Malzahn tenure at UCF and obviously finished the season off great. But Navy presents challenges for any team in college football with this triple option. It's easy. You know you're the running it, right? But just like how we do with the RPOs and the jet sweeps and you know running quarterbacks, you know it's coming, but you have to stop it. You know Navy's running the triple option, but you need to stop it. Rob, you've kind of watched Navy a little bit, and even if you haven't watched them this season, you know Navy. That's what they do. Um, kind of what, like, get it. It's 11 a.m. kickoff. Navy's used to that, where UCF is not used to that very much. What kind of challenges does Navy present and kind of can give this this good defense on the UCF side some fits on Saturday? Yeah, first off, I think it's hilarious, especially when you bring up the 11 a.m. start time. I, I think it's hilarious that it's senior night and it's more like it's senior early morning. <laughs> Let's send off our seniors by having an 11 a.m. game. What a horrible start time. Senior brunch. For a- Oh my God. I feel bad for anybody that's tailgating for this game. You're going to have to be there at like seven, eight o'clock in the morning. Hey, I guess it's five o'clock somewhere. So that, that oh. 11 a.m. games, they, those suck. But you know what? It's fine. A cold front's hitting. It's not going to be too hot. So 
should be decent weather out. Um, but no, I mean, I, I think when you look at Navy, it is that triple option you look like. There's not really a offense like that in college football that that relies so heavily on it. Um, you know, they're kind of they've kind of trademarked it at this point. This is their style of offense. This is what they go with every year, and it works. I mean, it worked against UCF last year. Um, they're three and seven this year, but you know, they they still are a tricky team. Of the two remaining games left, USF and Navy. Uh, Navy's the one that scares me more because of the triple option and what they can kind of do against teams, how they can kind of fool them. Again, you know it's going to be run heavy. You know it's going to be run dominant. But they ran all over UCF last year. Um, granted, this is a heavily different team. It's a much better UCF team. But they ran all over UCF last year. They almost put up 400 yards of rushing offense. Um, you know, And that's combined between fullbacks, running backs, wide receivers that can run those jet sweeps combined with the quarterback. Um, you know, it is a, a tricky style of offense. And when you look at the passing, yeah, they, they're putting up well under a hundred yards of passing against UCF last year, but you know, it's very methodical. They, they think about when they're going to throw, they're careful about when they're going to throw so that they can catch you off guard. So that's where the triple option absolutely becomes a problem for, uh, any defense is they keep you on your toes. You know, you know, they're going to run, but at any point they can throw, you know, at any point they can, they can really throw you off your game and UCF has struggled against running quarterbacks. So that's the one style of quarterback that UCF has not been able to, you know, contain fully. So I think that's where we really start to see um, how an offense like this could give UCF problems. Yeah, no. And I think the running quarterback situation, I mean, I think they did a, a really good job last week. Now they granted, definitely did. Tulane got out, or got behind fairly quickly. So it was, they were just trying to get yards back by throwing the football, but they played good and down three starters. Now, Gus brought up and mentioned that Quadric Bullard is out for the year, which is a huge blow, huge blow um, to the defense. But guys are going to have to step, step up. I think Devon Wilson's going to play. I think Jeremiah Jean Baptiste is going to play two big additions to get back. But listen, I think especially playing a team like this. Now, I'm going to say it probably does help that our offense, it's we're not running the triple option, right? But our offense does a lot of the similar things that Navy does with trying to get your eyes moving in different ways, not knowing who you're handing the ball off to. Is it going to be the running back, fullback, quarterback run, toss? Like You have to be ready for anything when you are playing Navy. And that's why when we're going through Navy's players and stuff, realistically, it's one of those teams where it's not really about the player players, right? It's, it's about the system and how do you stop the system from doing what it wants? There's listen, Navy will get into third and longs and they're still going to do what they do. They will run the football, Rob. They are fourth in time of possession in the country, right? Now, granted we're 27th and we'll talk about my keys when we go into our later predictions and stuff, but to be fourth in time of possession, it's no secret what Navy wants to do. It's what they did last year. They want to hold the football for as long as humanly possible, make your defense stay out there, and then when you get on offense, three and out, they get the ball right back and do the same thing. It's no secret what they want to do. That's why you need to be ultra, ultra efficient on offense and defense. You need to put them in tough positions. Let's look at their the games that they've kind of been in the last couple weeks and just their season. 
I mean, they beat ECU 23-20. They held that team to 20 points. Now, it was a little earlier in the year, but it just shows you they can compete. Uh, Cincinnati, they only they did lose 20-10, to 10, but they held Cincy to 20 points, and they were in it for pretty much the entire game. Notre Dame, first half was all Notre Dame. I think it was 35-17 at half. Navy couldn't do anything. Notre Dame did not score a point, Rob, in the second half of that football game. They controlled the clock. They went on huge runs, and Notre Dame couldn't do anything to stop it. They scored zero points. So clearly Navy was doing something, and I think it showed a lot of fight out of that program, and I think it made them even hungrier. I mean, Notre Dame is a storied program. They're a top 25-ranked football team. And listen, the run they've had to go on, they've had to play Cincinnati, Notre Dame, and now us. They've had a tough schedule, Rob. So what do you think in the mindset? If you're in the mind of a Navy a Navy player, and you're saying you only lost by 10 to Cincy, and you were really, the score doesn't do it justice. They were pretty much in it the entire game. Lose by 10 to Cincinnati. Lose by 3 to Notre Dame. And realistically, the only reason you really lost was you just ran out of time. I mean, Notre Dame, you had Notre Dame beat. I mean, you came back, Notre Dame couldn't do anything. If you're a Navy player and you've been in these games, you have one or two plays to get over the hump. How dangerous is that if you're a UCF player knowing they want to get a top 25 win? They played all these top 25 teams. I'm going to go into that stadium on Saturday at 11 a.m., and I want to beat these guys. I want a top 25. If I'm a senior, I, I don't have many more games left. How dangerous is that if I'm a UCF Knight? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's so dangerous because you have a team that's fighting with a lot of heart. You know, they're com- just coming up short in some of these losses to these, you know, top 25 teams. And now they get to play one that's ranked in the top 20. Um, and now they get to, and it's at, you know, on, on the road. But it's a team they beat last year. So they absolutely, I'm sure, believe in themselves that they can beat them. And I think that's what everybody has always respected about Navy as a program. I don't think you find many people that are like, I hate Navy. I hate Navy as a program. Navy sucks, you know, maybe if you're Army. But even there, there's there's respect in between the two teams and the two rivals. Um, it's a respectable football program. And it's because they fight with so much heart. They fight with so much, um, you know, they don't have maybe as much talent because it is a military school, but it is... Uh, you know, they, the talent that they do have and the system that they do run does work and they can compete with the big dogs and they can beat sometimes the big dogs. So absolutely, I think UCF should be at least a little concerned coming into this weekend because Navy, you know, even being three and seven, they have nothing to lose and they got everything to gain. You know, if you get a top 25 win, they have those are huge bragging rights. And as a huge turning point in your season where you're like, wow, you know, we didn't have much to cheer for this season, but hey, at least we went and beat a a team like UCF on the road. I mean, that would be absolutely huge for Navy. So certainly I think UCF could be very concerned with what Navy brings to the table. And like you said, you know, you look at Navy, it's not about the individual guys. It's about the team. It's about the us in the team. It's about the we, you know, they fight for each other and you see, you see it in the stats, you see you know, their top receiver has like under 300 yards because they don't pass that much. It's, you know, wide receivers getting 400 yards of rushing. It's the quarterback getting rushing yards. It's them coming together as a team in a system, as a unit, and, you know, fighting together. And it's dangerous. I mean, that is dangerous. Um, let's talk some of their players, the guys to look out for. But if I'm wrong on this, or if this is not true, 
please let us know in the comments because I was looking up, I was doing my Navy research and trying to, you know, look up the statistics and stuff, but I found something interesting. Now this is off of Reddit, so I have no idea if this is true and maybe I should have looked into it a little bit more. So I apologize if I am wrong, but please let me know if I am wrong and tell me the reason because I found this interesting and Rob didn't know either. We were like, oh, this is actually pretty interesting and didn't know this. But so the reason they ran, they run the triple option, according to Reddit. So take that with a grain of salt. But so their players have to mean, and it makes sense, but I just never, I always just assumed, oh, that's just, you know, their hard-nosed football team. They just want to run it down people's throats. And th I guess that's stupidity. But um, it says their players have to maintain a certain weight due to military or military guidelines. This means the offensive lineman cannot be as big as linemen at other schools. The triple option is the best way to stay competitive with the weight deficits which I thought was very interesting and it does make sense. I, but again, when I'm thinking the military schools, I'm just thinking hard nosed football teams. They just want to run it down teams throats. And that's, that's always what I've kind of associated with Navy army, like all of those schools. Um, but I thought that was very interesting and please, if I am wrong or if that is wrong, please let me know the real reason down in the comments. Cause I would really like to know. Um, all right, Rob. So some of the players, Ty Lavatai, the quarterback that was on Navy last year, who started and got the win against UCF, he's out for the uh, season. He hasn't played since October 29th. Um, he was their starter. But now they're in a situation where they've got kind of two. I think they're going to play this kid, Xavier Arline. Uh, he's kind of the guy that they really like. Uh, he's got 50 carries for 250 yards and two touchdowns. They also can go Masai Mayer, Maynard. Uh, he's their other quarterback. I think they're going to go Xavier. Xavier hurt himself in the last game, uh, but they said he's tracking to play. He is a, that is a guy that is going to be able to run the football. I mean, he's quick, he's speedy, and he does throw a good ball when they do throw it. I mean, that's again, corners are going to have to be very, very careful um, because again, you're going to be playing your run block schemes and you know, the wide receiver is going to block block you and you're just going to assume it's a run play and they might, you know, go down the field and it's a pass. So you mentioned it, making sure you are, you're going to have to be disciplined. And some of the problems with UCF this season has been that they can be undisciplined at times. So you're going to need to be disciplined this week, especially. Um, And then really, before we go into their defense, let's uh, Daba Tofana. I mean, brute back. I mean, 635 uh, yards, six touchdowns. He's their main guy. If there's anybody on the roster that you're looking out for, especially for this system, it's him. So offensively, Rob, I know we've talked about it a little bit already, but when you have a, a, a really good running back like that in a triple option offense, I mean, and a quarterback that can run, I, I think it linebacking play or linebacker play is important, especially this week. If, if your linebackers are not commanding the defense and, and their eyes are going crazy, it's going to become a problem. Now, the D-line, D the front seven, is also crucial. I mean, to stop the run, and, and listen, our, our rushing defense has been good. We're 31st. Navy 6th. I mean, Navy's rushing defense is, and we'll talk about that in a second, but how important? Now, I know... You know, we've had guys go in and out. Jeremiah Jean Baptiste is coming back. How crucial is the linebacker play, especially for UCF this week, and making sure, listen, we can't give up, we can't get into a scoring match 
with Navy. I mean, we can't go back and forth, especially if they do stop our run this week. We can't go into a back and forth scoring match uh, with Navy. No, and you saw what happened when UCF got into a gunfight with them last season. They lost. So, no, you absolutely need to be able to contain um, the run, especially. I mean, you know, you know what's coming. That's the problem, and we've talked about this already. But you know what's coming. You know it's going to be, you know, rush heavy. You know it's going to be run heavy. It's it's just hard to stop it because they're going to try to fool you on plays. They're going to run, you know, a lot of different sweeps, a lot of different RPOs. You know, they're going to be running so many different types of plays with the running offense, the rushing offense, that you're not going to be able to keep up with it sometimes. So absolutely, this is where linebacking play and, um, you know, your front seven becomes crucial because you have to contain the run and you have to contain the quarterback. You have to shut down the running backs. It's it, This is where it absolutely becomes crucial because that's 90% of their offense. You shut down the run or you shut down most of the run, well, you know, now you're going to force them to throw and they don't do a whole lot of that. So because they don't throw a lot, that absolutely turns that in your favor. So no, I mean, this is where absolutely linebacking play comes in because you need to completely contain the run and that's how you shut down Navy's offense. It is a little bit one dimensional, but you know, it's hard to stop. That's the thing. If you stop it, you beat them, but it's just about stopping it. Um, defensively, I've, I've seen a lot of Navy clips over the last couple of weeks and they like to blitz. I mean, they blitz a lot. Uh, but two linebackers that are their top two tacklers, but they really, I mean, they present a lot of problems, especially uh, sacking the quarterback. John Marshall uh, has six and a half sacks, 78 total tackles on the year. And then Colin Ramos, 64 total tackles and three and a half sacks. So, I mean, definitely look out for those guys on defense. Uh, but blitz pickup is going to be is going to be important. I mean, if you do start throwing the ball now, again, I think there was a lot of good things against Navy last year in the run and pass game. Their running defense is six in the country. I'm not saying we can't run the ball on them because Tulane's running def- rushing defense was good. I think we're going to be able to rush the ball on anybody, including Navy. But you need to have that little mantra or that, you know, hey, if we cannot run the, the football, if it's just not working as well, if we're only picking up two yards of carry, you're going to need to throw the football. And that's where the questions are going to come in. Can JRP get it in space to these receivers? Is he going to pick, be able to pick up blitzes every single time? If they send 10, 15 blitzes in the first half, how good is, JR, is JRP going to try to run out of it? Or is he going to just try to make the throw in the pocket? Those are questions we're going to see. And it's, it's listen, you're at home. 11 a.m. kickoff, we're going to see it. And it's a good test. It, I'm not saying they're Clemson here, but they put up good fights to really good programs. So let's see how we do. I think it's, a, it's a, again, the next two weeks, we said it, Rob. The next two weeks are get right games. Get right, because you're going to see, mo- more likely than not, you're going to be seeing Tulane or Cincinnati if you win out. Tulane or Cincinnati on your home turf for the championship and for the ultimate chance to play in the Cotton Bowl. You need to test. Listen, not saying to test new stuff against Navy. Do what you need to do to win. But this is a perfect team to test some things out and see what works, what doesn't work, especially in the run game. I mean, you're not going to get 
another opportunity to play the number six rushing defense in the country. I mean, not until the Cotton Bowl. So test some stuff out. Um, we're going to give our keys uh, to the game and our predictions in a little bit. Because um, I'm going to go on a little rant. And Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can only talk about Navy for so much when it comes to the triple option and stuff. Um, but it was perfect because this was going to be a shorter pod. I, this was going to be a, a half hour pod, which I don't know if our fans uh, would have appreciated that. And I'm going to try to make it as quick as possible. And I love to give your thoughts, Rob, because I'm sure you agree with me on some of this. But um, I probably agree with you on most of this. But yeah, <laughs> college football playoff rankings uh, were released. Um, and UCF was ranked 20th. So we are the 20th. According to the CFP, we are ranked 20 in the country. Number one, I'm not complaining about where UCF is ranked. Now, you know, that's wrong. I'm going to complain. I mean, you were 22nd in the country, and you got moved up two spots after beating a Tulane team who was ranked 17. They were at home, which again, we... You could say it wasn't really a home game for Tulane, but they were at home. You beat Tulane, and you move up two spots. Okay. Tulane moves back four spots to right behind UCF. Okay. Here's what I don't understand, Rob. And again, it's it's more, it is a rant, because I'm not confused. Because it's not, it, I, I've grown to expect this. Florida State is ranked one spot ahead of us. And Notre Dame is ranked two spots ahead of us. So you have Florida State, who last two weeks, now granted, they blew these teams out, right? I'm sorry, Miami is trash. Syracuse is trash. The best one on your slate, on your schedule, Florida State, is LSU. Yeah, they're the number six team in the country. You beat them in week one. Brian Kelly, new team. Week one, you beat them on a neutral field, neutral site. That's your best win. You have three losses. You lost to the three best teams on your schedule besides LSU, who at that point was unranked. They they were not ranked the next week. Okay. Notre Dame, are you telling me, and I'll give Florida State this, Notre Dame should not be ranked ahead of UCF or Florida State. Notre Dame should be behind both those teams. They just lost to Navy, or they just beat Navy by three, and they put up zero points in the second half. You're telling me they jumped that many? They jumped. They went from twenty to eighteen, and FSU went from twenty three to nineteen. They against the Navy team, against the Navy team that was playing with a backup, and the backup got hurt. <laughs> exactly. And you're telling me UCF, who beat a ranked opponent, ranked opponent. Moved up two spots. Hell, Cincy beat ECU. Credit. I mean, we did it. By two points. And they got back into the, the CFP rankings? Come on. Come on. Now, do I think they should be there? Yes. But doesn't that, shouldn't that just look great? If, if I'm a CFP voter and I'm voting, and, I, and Cincy's 25 and Tulane, we moved back to 21. Huh, UCF beat both those teams. 
They were just 22 last week. Shouldn't we bump them ahead of some of these other schools? Now, UCF fans, we know this. There's no point in making too much of a fuss. The frustrating point. Now, our co-host Nick Geddes, right? He texts us and he says, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, you went out, you go to the Cotton Bowl. He is not wrong. He's not. He is 100% right. The ranking doesn't matter. It doesn't. And we said that when we lost to East Carolina. The ranking doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're ranked, you just got to win out. That is true. What is annoying and frustrating, though, is any if Florida State beat Tulane, again, let's think about this. Florida State beats Tulane, they probably get ranked 17th. And that's just got to, they would go from 23 to 17. Notre Dame beats Tulane, they go from 20 to maybe 15. Cincinnati, Rob, if Cincinnati beats Tulane in the final week of the regular season, they might they would get bumped four spots, three spots, at least, at least. UCF beats Tulane on their home turf, and they get bumped two spots. The AP and coaches poll, I think, was very accurate. Not just because UCF was 17th. They had Florida State, I think, a spot back. They had Notre Dame a spot behind Florida State. That is a, That sounds like a, a very honest ranking. Those are two three-loss teams. UCF has a two-loss team, and UCF has beaten two ranked opponents this year. Florida State's one and two against CFP teams this year. What are we doing? I mean, the the it is so broken where, thank God, this 12-team playoff is coming in however many years. Thank God. Because this, this system is so broken and so absolutely ridiculous that I get it. They don't give a hell about 15 to 25. They don't. They care about 1 through 10 and a little bit about 10 to 15. I mean... Do I think Alabama's better than Clemson? Yeah. But at the end of the day, Alabama's a two-loss team. Clemson's lost one game. Now, granted, they got killed by Notre Dame. But still, I mean, that's kind of the ramp. Kansas State. Kansas State lost to Tulane. They lost. And you're telling me they're the fifth. I get it. They're trying to build up the TCU matchup. I get it. They went up 19-15 to by beating Baylor, who is another not great football team. So I don't know. I don't know whatever I'm going with it, Rob. I'm just, again, it's not even, it's not even frustration for UCF to a degree. It's, it's just frustration with how bad you, uh, you beat a ranked team and you move two spots. Like you move two spots. I'm sorry. I, I never thought I'd say the, like the AP is better. Or I mean, I knew I'd say that because it, it's true, but I don't know. That's less of a, not too long of a rant, but that was so disappointing. So disappointing. And just, I feel more bad. I know the players don't care. And and realistically, you know, it sounds like I care because I do care. I care for the program. I don't necessarily care because again, Nick is right. The number doesn't matter. It doesn't. We're not going to the college football playoff. It doesn't, it, that doesn't matter. 
what matters is I think a team should be rewarded for a strength of schedule win that, and they didn't just win. I mean, they dominated for pretty much the entire game. Now, you know, Tulane made it a game, but you never felt like UCF was going to lose. I don't know. I just think if you give UCF respect in the weeks that they're not playing competition that you view valuable, then why not give them that much respect when they do beat a team that is a value in your eyes? I mean, you moved us up from, you moved us up three spots beating Memphis. You're telling me you wouldn't move us up more spots beating a ranked Tulane team that was, in your eyes, the number 17 best team in the country. I don't know. If you, you can give your couple thoughts, but I think they're, it's garbage. And uh, hopefully it will never get better uh, for them, but hopefully they, they get it right at some point. Yeah, no, I mean, at this perfectly showcases why you need a 12 team playoff. I mean, you can't, you can't just go with the four teams anymore. I think the poll has always been so skewed towards sec and ACC wins. They're, they're so stuck in this mindset that anything outside of sec and ACC wins don't matter. And you're not as valuable as those teams. It doesn't matter how bad those sec teams sometimes are, uh, but they value the sec teams and the ACC team wins and losses more. I mean, that's just, that's the truth of it. You know, it, it's always going to be a struggle um, for UCF and teams like UCF and the American and stuff like that to sort of break that mold. I mean, we saw it in 2017 when UCF was undefeated. It took a long time for them to gain a lot of respect. And now, you know, people were singing Cincinnati's praises last season and how they jumped in and made the college football playoff. They got smoked, but it doesn't matter because they did, you know, they did trailblaze. And and that was because of what Boise State and UCF had done in the past, you know, gaining that respect, saying, hey, just because we're an American, you know, group of five team doesn't mean that, you know, we're not as quality, that we're not as good. We can compete, you know. Um, so it's always going to be something that they struggle with. It's just, it's the, it's the way the CFP is. I'm just more, I'm more shocked that the poll is so off compared to the coaches and AP poll. Um, I mean, it's pretty much, if you look at the AP poll, I think we were what, 17 in the AP poll, 18 in the coaches poll. Yeah. I mean, two, two points off of the coaches poll, seven, uh, three points off in, uh, or three spots off in the, um, AP poll. I mean, that's pretty, that's a, that's a large margin. You know, that's to, to be three off. Like, that's a pretty big margin from the AP poll, which is very well respected. So it's just, it's funny that um, we're still having these problems, you know, f- almost five years later. But it, it is what it is, and it's not going to change. And that's why you need the expanded playoffs. But I think I look at the silver lining as well. I like to be a little bit of an optimist. I mean, two of UCF's teams that they've beaten the last few weeks are ranked. Cincinnati and Tulane are both still ranked. Uh, Cincinnati's back in. So, I mean, that's huge for UCF schedule as far as, you know, strength of schedule. And then if you also look at it too, it's a great indication for the sort of depth that the Big 12 has. I mean, three Big 12 teams are in, the a, uh, two AAC teams are in, um, you know, you got OK State, TCU, and K-State all ranked that are already existing Big 12 teams. And then you got UCF and Cincinnati both ranked, and they're both going into the Big 12 next year. So that's huge for the Big 12 because it shows, hey, there's some quality programs. There's some depth here. And TCU, you know, TCU's making a push for the college football playoff. Yeah. So it's, it's, I think I like to look at that a little bit more. The CFP is going to be what they are until they expand. But I think what you should look at is the silver lining and say, hey, 
UCF, Cincinnati, the rest of those Big 12 schools that are ranked, uh, it's a great, great sign for this conference moving into next year. No, and it is great. I mean, I think it just shows you, again, depth is great. And I think with the Big 12, the competition is so steep that it's gonna, it is going to be great for UCF and Cincinnati next year. And I'm so pumped and excited to be joining the Big 12 because, and I will get it straight, and I've said this on previous pods, just because when we move to a Power 5 conference, I will not be quiet if a non-Power 5 school is legitimately better than teams that are ranked and not say that they need to be ranked. I think we will always be group of five headed people. I mean, you can't, you can't forget where you came from. You can't. And that's the thing. I mean, at the end of the day, if we leave and Tulane is vastly better than a lot of the teams that are ranked in the the top 25, I'm going to stick up for Tulane. Like I don't like some of these snobs and I call them snobs because they were born with their team in the power five. They were born with the silver spoon. They were born with the money in the program. They look at teams like us and they just view them as lesser because they don't. They didn't go to the school. (laughs) They didn't go to the school. They don't have a P next to their their indication of that they're in a power conference. They're a group of five conference. So no, I think it's absolutely ridiculous. And yeah, positive is we're not going to have to deal with this much more. If we have set three losses, like in the Big Twelve at some point, and we're seven and three. There's a good chance we're ranked 18th in the country, right? So I think that's the silver lining, and that is, is that like we're not going to have to deal with this much longer. But it's frustrating in the sense that you get your one of your biggest wins in regular season history for the program, and you only move up two spots. And teams that have three losses jump you after beating not great football teams. It's like, and I wouldn't even be saying anything if we were still ranked ahead of them. If if you had us 20, FSU 21, Notre Dame 22, I would not be saying a word. I mean, I and now that seems foolish. You had Notre Dame 20th last week, which I still thought that's a little weird, but I didn't say anything. Florida State was ranked 23rd. I get Notre Dame's been playing better. They beat Clemson. I get it. But these are my frustrations, and we're not going to have to deal with it much more, but that's my problem. We'll see where you, if UCF beats Navy, we'll see. I mean, Notre Dame moved up two spots for beating Navy. So I guess beating Navy gets you moved up two spots or that's, they, they view that as a quality win for Notre Dame. Barely beating Navy, by the way. Barely being Navy. So if we beat Navy by three, I expect the same result. I expect to be in <laughs> the 18th team in the country. Just being honest. And if that's the case, then I'll come on here and I'll apologize. I will apologize profusely. No, I won't. Okay. <laughs> Let's go into our predictions, shall we? I'm losing my voice. I'm a little sick, so forgive me. Um, sick of right, the Rob. college football playoff. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Disgusting. Um, all right, Rob, give your prediction on the game. Bet Online has UCF favored by six, uh, minus 16 and a half. So, I don't know. Give your kind of take on the game. It is 11 a.m. or 12. What? It's 11. 11 a.m. Uh, at home, bright sun of Florida. Uh, give your prediction on the game and uh, how you see it kind of taking place. 
Yeah, I think 16 and a half is a little bit too generous. I don't think we're going to beat Navy. Navy's proven that they can compete. I mean, again, we talked about this earlier. You just said, you know, Notre Dame only beat them by three, um, completely shut down Notre Dame in the second half. Uh, You know, you look at um, the Cincinnati game, they only lost by 10. I don't think Navy is as beatable as a lot of people think they are. I think they're tough and I think they do put up points. Um, that being said, I do think it will be a at least a 10 point game. I don't think we get uh, I don't think we touch that spread, though. I don't think 16 and a half. I don't think we cover. Um, I'd like to, but I just I don't see it because uh, I think Navy's going to play, especially defensively is going to, you know, really give the the run offense some some struggles. Maybe that Tulane didn't. Um, uh, but no, I think I think what you're looking at here is probably probably like 28, 20. I'll, I'll go 27, 17 is what I'll go. I think we keep them under. 20 points and we go, we'll go with a 10 point win. It's a solid. I'm struggling a little bit. Um, let me go through my keys and then I maybe, hopefully I talk myself into a score because this game's a hard one to kind of grasp. If I think of my D de- of our defense, I view it. I could see Navy doing some good, some things on us. I mean, I think they could have some real success uh, against our defense, which scares me. But my keys to the game are very simple. A lot of them are just things that UCF has done well this season and they have to continue to do. But uh, my first key is scoring bunches quick. Uh, I mean, you did it last week against Tulane and you're going to have to do it this week. Again, we talked about time of possession. They're fourth in time of possession. You cannot go three and out. You cannot put up field goals. You need to put up touchdowns and quick because, listen, Getting them behind, it, it, it's very hard for them to win the game if they get behind by two touchdowns really early. A team like Tulane, they can come back at any point because they're a normal offense. But with Navy, when they run the ball, they just eat clock. So scoring bunches quick, bend, don't break. That has been the common theme for UCF defense this year is the bend, don't break, allow as many yards as humanly possible, and don't allow touchdowns. UCF has been the first uh, number one in res, uh, red zone defense. They are now number two, so they dropped a little behind after Tulane. But again, they're number two in the country in red zone defense, making sure they do not score when they get into the red zone. So if you want to give up the 50-yard run, great. Hold them to a field goal. If they want to eat up a 10 minute, the 10, 10 minutes on the clock, great. Hold them to a field goal. Because if they put up a touchdown in that 10 minutes, then you go three and out you're in a world of trouble where it can be hard to stop them. Their red zone offense is 50th in the country. So, I mean, they're middle of the pack, but when they get down there, usually they can put up points. Um, Control clock. Obviously, controlling the clock is important. We're 27th in time of possession. I think when it comes to this, both teams are going to try their best to keep the ball away from the other team. More so on Navy side, they do not want us controlling the ball because again, they've seen our offense. We're a dangerous offense and I think we can cause them fits, but they're not going to want us to give to give us the ball. They're going to try to control the clock. We need to do the same for them. And I think like I would rather them get the ball first. If I'm being completely honest, I'd rather them get the ball first. I, now I know I said scoring bunches early. I'd rather get the ball at halftime just in case to see how the first half plays out. Um, and then mistake free. You cannot turn the ball over. You cannot. And I know that is that is a common goal each week, but you cannot turn the ball over 
against a team that possessed the ball for that long. And who usually, I mean, they don't, they're your number one in fused penalties. That is huge. We didn't even talk about that. They are first in fused penalties in, in the college football, in college football. So they are mistake free. They play the right way. So mistake free. I think we put up 30 or around, like, I think we go past 30 mark. I mean, we put up 30 last year with a lesser offense than we have this year. But I don't, the deep, how much they score is what I'm struggling with. I agree with you guys. I do not, I agree with Rob. I don't think UCF hits that 16 and a half. I, I don't. I think it's much closer, unless for some reason we run them out of the uh, stadium in the first quarter. Um, but I don't think it's, I, I would not take the, I would, I would take Navy at a plus 16 and a half. Um, I see it as like a 34. See, that's the thing. They put up points. Like, I mean, they could put up points. Put up 32 on Notre Dame. Huh? I mean, yeah, they put up 32, man. Um, I don't want to give a touchdown because I feel like I don't think it's going to be a touchdown. I think I agree it's going to be at least 10. I'll go 34-24. I think that's a solid score. 34-24 UCF. Um, I think we do get over the 30 mark. Um, but interesting game, Rob. I mean, mm-hmm. it, listen, you win this game. Again, next week, you just party. Go to Tampa. Have a good time. It'll be fun time in Tampa. I mean, I'm going. You're not going to. You're not. You're in Virginia. So you'll be drinking. Indiana. Indiana. Same thing. I mean, it's the same thing. Um, Yeah, both fly over country. Yeah. You'll be drinking in Indiana. Um, And yeah. But let's get a win first at Navy. I mean, very crucial. Very important. Um, And let's keep riding this wave. How about that? Sounds good to me. I like that. I like riding the wave. Riding that wave, man. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week to Charge On. Um, It'll be interesting. I mean, hopefully UCF can really dominate this performance um, and really kind of just, again, keep refining things, retooling, and making sure they get ready uh, for that big rivalry game, but also hopefully uh, that, that conference championship. All right, guys, this has been Charge On presented by Bet Online. We will see you guys on Monday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.